Schumer Pelosi. Schumer and Pelosi. Schumer Pelosi. Schumer and Pelosi. White savior. They are the ones, white liberals, who promise to take good care of blacks. Schumer Pelosi. Schumer and Pelosi. Schumer Pelosi. Schumer and Pelosi. White savior. They are the ones, white liberals, who promise to take good care of blacks. Orange man bad. Orange man bad. Orange man bad. Orange man bad. Trump is bad. They are the ones, white liberals, who promise to take good care of blacks. Hey, is this fucking, what are we doing over here? I have something to say. Well, that's not very interesting. Hello, testing. Check one, two, three, four. Caleb Stevenson. Because this virus essentially was invented. Abs and a six pack. Yeah, maybe Michelle Obama like might be a man. I don't know. Smoking weed, drinking vodka. Would a bad set of boobs on a nice girl be fine, or would a bad set of butt on a nice girl be fine? I will flat out shoot you in the fucking face. I have a crystal meth medical card. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm doctor prescribed. It's abs and a six pack. Chris Arnold, Noah Beamer, Caleb Stevenson is not here. And we are joined by the prestigious Tom. Mr. Tom Starkweather. Hello. Coming to you from Brooklyn, New York. I just want to say I, I do not approve of that intro. And I just cringed. <laughs> Mind, <laughs> body, and soul. <laughs> I'm down so for a redo. I wasn't sure whether or not you wanted me to say my name at that moment. So oh, I, I think he, I think he was talking stop. about. I think you were no, you were talking about the song, right? Oh, Schumer and Pelosi. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that was. <laughs> I I just don't know how I feel about that internally Schumer, and externally. <laughs> don't do it again. Don't do it to me. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, but yeah, Tom, man. So, Mr. Starkweather. Uh, yes. Yes. And say, what's so? What's your deal? <laughs> uh, I'm just a guy talking to a microphone here in New York City, inside. Smart. How's the lockdown <laughs> yeah. going there? Is it still as shady as and dicey as it was a month ago? Um, we're in phase three at the moment. Indoor dining has been delayed, but there's a lot of. Uh, outdoor alfresco dining at the moment. Even on my block, uh, a lot of places have extended into what ordinarily would be a parking spot. Uh, and some of them are kind of on the corner. And it's a little, I'm not going to sit out there, but it, it looks nice. It looks like a, a good summer vibe. But apart from that, most people wear masks. Uh, I'm wearing it going into a store. So it's New York is already kind of an inhuman place and mm. just the disconnect of not being able to gauge people's emotions or facial expressions. It's kind of made more people assholes, right? <laughs> Which that's was already a problem is, in Manhattan from what I understand. Right. How, how has the social tension been like? Has there been something that every that's kind of palpable that you can feel, but it's not spoken or? Uh, I'd say there's a people are desperate for social attention, but also extremely weary. 
but I've gotten to know my neighbors more than any other time because I'm, I'm running into them, I guess, more than most huh. people. And they're just, oh, we're so happy to talk to you. Oh. And I, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm happy to talk to them, too. It's like severely reduced social interaction mm -hmm. in a city like designed around it. So it's kind of it's like a paralyzing moment for the city. And then while you got that going on, there's a lot of other things with protests and then the cops have their own point of view. It's there's a lot of different factors that are making this right. not a place I would recommend coming to at the moment. Yeah, feels like existence is kind of chock full of conflict at the moment, uh, no matter where you are in the U.S. Yeah, anywhere that has more people crowded into one spot on top of each other you're gonna right. feel that tension even more though i would imagine uh, yeah and i've had some of the weirdest subway rides too i i have been working not full-time uh most of my work is freelance and i've been working at a photo studio in manhattan and i have walked it's like an hour and a half but uh the train ride is only a half hour it's pretty fast hmm. so you know reduced exposure reduced viral load perhaps <laughs> I'm going to give you the whole viral very... load today. <laughs> yeah. oh my gosh. <laughs> but there's definitely people not wearing masks on the subway. There were a couple guys, this was like 8.30 in the morning, smoking a blunt at the end doorway in the car I was on. That's, uh, wow. I, I watched a scene where everyone wants to scold people not wearing masks. So there's a... Mm. There's a lot of ugly scenes like that going on. And it, it was like a hypocritical moment where the person that was telling the other guy to put on a mask later wasn't wearing a mask. And this other guy that wasn't wearing the mask was telling some kids to put on a mask. It was just like, what is happening? <laughs> it feels almost like in my mind, because I was, I was raised in a um, ultra religious background very uh, moralistic, puritanical, uh, self-righteous. And I'm seeing a lot of these traits that were mm -hmm. kind of uh, obvious in my upbringing just everywhere around society. It almost feels like this is a new sort of way to be morally superior than your neighbor and the person you see absolutely. and then call somebody else out, you know. Yeah, that increases the ego. Yeah, science and yeah. politics, I would say, are the new religions. I grew up in, it was more conservative and religious when I grew up in like Fredericksburg area of Virginia, but now it, it's almost like the South really begins at Richmond. <laughs> I've had this conversation with a lot of people and New Yorkers don't even say, oh, you're from Virginia. That's not the South. I'm like, what? Well, where am I from? <laughs> right. Uh, but it, at the time I was growing up there, uh, it was very conservative and my family was kind of more liberal, so it, it's, I don't know. I feel like every, things have almost flipped in a way. Right, right. Mm -hmm. It's not the same. It's just, it's the same attitude, I feel like. It's the mm -hmm. same, like, I'm better than you and I want to shame you. And or also, it's like, like, it's predetermined uh, beliefs that you can just fall in line with instead of having to critically think. Yeah, it, it's people kind of reaffirming their own ideas that maybe they're not fully confident in. Like, maybe they don't actually believe the mask is working. And But if they yell at someone else, it kind of reinforces, like, well, I'm doing a thing. Mm -hmm. I'm the right one. 
Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, I don't want to leave out the conservatives, too, because I've seen a lot of videos on the Internet of people without masks in like Costco's and in like stores just screaming Shaving their heads yeah. off at people who do have masks. Yeah. So Shaming it's, it's really coming from both sides. Yeah. Both sides. Right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it tells you this is more of a human nature thing than this is a political or partisan issue almost when it comes to that, at least the shaming aspect. Mm hmm. So, Tom, uh, you said you're doing mostly free freelance work still. Is that mostly photography or are you doing uh, audio engineering for people as well? My life's been pretty much split between those worlds for like the last five years. My background's more in photography and photojournalism. And that's how I came to the city. And it's, uh, you know, kind of like a matter of circumstance after the last recession hit like i was working for bloomberg news and i was at lehman brothers the day before they went bankrupt i was the first guy there too holy shit uh, yeah and all of a sudden people started walking out of the building with boxes and uh it was like oh so this is a very real thing at the time when we were transmitting our pictures it involved just going to a starbucks or something and using the wi-fi <laughs> and I went to the Starbucks across the street and was sitting in the front window. I sent my pictures in. The editor's like, oh, these are great, but can you get one over all of the building? So sitting at the Starbucks, uh, there was like a father holding a kid on his shoulders, and they were looking up at the building. It had the date on it and Lehman Brothers. So I was like, ah, this works. Then I don't have to unplug everything and come back in and hopefully have a seat. <laughs> and I sent it in. I went, I got home and then a uh, friend's like, your pictures are the New York Times front page. That's amazing. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, the picture I took sitting at a Starbucks. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. And Synchronicity. That, that was kind of the height and then the fall. The fall was like right after that because there wasn't really much work after that. Um, I had already like been shooting events and weddings and then i got involved yeah. with a friend who was working for yahoo shooting video he's like ah oh, come be a pa and then i met a production company they trained me on sound i got hired to do tons of audio jobs uh and then certainly listening to no agenda getting involved making end of show mixes that wasn't something i really knew how to do before i just started doing it um so, well, they come out real good. Oh, uh, appreciate it. Um, so when you uh, you set up the uh, interview, you or I guess you would say you produced the interview with uh, Scaramucci, where um, with uh, Dvorak interviewed the Mooch. Yes. So, so did you hang out with the Mooch, man? Like, what's he like, Anthony Scaramucci? <laughs> I did. I had a so we were in his conference room, which was full of all the this pretty cool political uh, memorabilia. Uh, he had like a framed picture of him on Drudge's front page about like 11 days or like 10 days. They said 10 days and he always corrects people like, no, it's actually 11. Um, he was incredibly nice to me, probably shook my hand five times. Uh, but yeah, there was like no one in this conference room. It was just me and him before the, like, the interview, maybe a couple minutes setting up and then Dvorak uh, was doing audio only, and we were using Skype, and I didn't realize that Dvorak has this, like, bloody Al Gore avatar, 
and <laughs> it's kind of hard to figure out that it's Al Gore at first. Like, I had to ask him about it. I'm like, oh, it is Al Gore. And I, I mentioned, I was like, hey, you know, this might be, it might be weird. You might say something about it. He's like, oh, I'm not worried about it. I'm like, okay. <laughs> and the first thing Scaramucci says, like, John, what's this bloody thing you got? <laughs> oh, man. Is there a way to see that picture? If I just Google bloody Al Gore? It's, I have seen it elsewhere and maybe on No Agenda Social like way back, but I think it was uh, maybe a few years old. That's probably going to be hard yeah. find. Nothing's coming up. Yeah. A lot of weird pictures of Al Gore, nothing bloody. That's funny, though. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, what's what's the mooch doing? He was the White House communications director, and now he's uh, he's got another book coming out, probably. I've seen him do a lot more interviews, and he's completely flipped his... It wasn't like full allegiance to Trump. It was some kind of support or like vague support. And now he's very much coming out against him. Yeah. He's he's kind of a character. It's a lot like Trump in a ways. He's like a a younger version of, I don't know. I feel like Trump is very inf influential on the mooch. <laughs> yeah, I'm looking at his Wikipedia page. And in like first line, it calls him the mooch. I didn't expect <laughs> the mooch. Hmm. Well, yeah, man. Uh, that was a, that was a great interview. You did a good job producing that one. Oh yeah, thank you. They need Appreciate to. It. They need to. Uh, I guess at, with Adam Curry, Adam does some of that stuff. You know, I Pachinik or he talked to the dog recently. I, I wish they'd do more oh. of those kind of side interviews like that. Was it that uh, the Dutch guy named Maurice? Yeah, Maurice de Hunt or whatever. Okay, the do okay, that's yeah. I listened to that one. Yeah. I love his Adam's interviews with Pachinik too. But yeah, Dvorak, I think that was the last interview he did. Dvorak did that I heard was the uh, the one you did with uh, the Mooch. Yeah, he had one with um, Scott Adams before that that I wasn't involved with. That obviously other coast. Oh, that big! I haven't heard oh, that interesting. One. That sounds good. I haven't heard that either. There, there may have been talk of a Dershowitz one, but that that did not happen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I yeah, know uh, Dvorak tend, uh, tends to talk Scott Adams up, uh, so that must that must have been a good interview. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I like Scott Adams. So what? Okay, so you were there was talk of because does Dershowitz live in Manhattan? Uh, I mean, I don't know exactly where he lives, but he's certainly or in that in area. The area, yeah. I yeah. uh, we they never really. I think I was kind of following up with john uh saying the same thing i'm like hey we should do another interview i'm here i'd love to contribute in this way um he's like well maybe this but uh it was right before a lot of the epstein things happened and i guess like my my heart kind of changed about that i'm like eh, i don't know yeah i wouldn't want to <laughs> right i mean i yeah. talked i'd interview dershowitz over skype i don't know if i don't want to be in the same room with him uh yeah yeah but uh, yeah, I mean, he's a. Uh, so what he, he tweeted something the other day. It was like, and he keeps tweeting stuff like this and saying it in interviews. Like, I really hope that Epstein filmed everything, so that I can be no, he, my no, name can be cleared. That, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like you, okay, you had that in your recap show. I, I heard that. Yeah, yeah. He, he tweeted it again. Tweet. Like, yeah, yesterday or the day before. Well, the weirdest yeah. thing was the like uh, reducing the age for statutory rape. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Just like out of nowhere, like, oh, hey, we should do this. We should lower uh, the age of consent. Yeah. <laughs> should we? <laughs> why? Why are you? Why are you saying that? <laughs> oh God. 
but the the cops the cops in Manhattan are overall pretty uptight right now. Um, I mean, it's I think it's a hard beat to be any cop at the moment, uh, right. frankly. Um, but, but yeah, it's there's always protests and you know anima like conflicts with cops here in the time I've been here, but it's never been this tense or prolonged and alongside like uh, a mayor administration that has had serious failures working with and communicating with the police department. Like the police department basically operates on their own and the mayor has to kind of save face and be like, yeah, them on they that. can't wait to send the police to your house to chop your testicles off. What what is what is Alex Jones's obsession with genitalia? I just don't and mutilation. I just don't get it. I'll eat your ass. <laughs> uh, I think you you had some pretty good commentary on that from that recap show again. I I just listened to it, but someone was talking about how it does come up quite frequently and in graphic detail. So there may be perhaps some. Uh, <laughs> some kind of uh, hidden tendency there, perhaps. Because you got a one-inch pack. Right. So I think it's what you were implying with uh, Alan Dershowitz is, uh, you know, you t talk about something and conde condemn it so much constantly. Starts to uh, indicate something. Yeah. That right. off, the truth, off the truth just much. wants to come out. Yep. Uh, okay, so I got I might have an alternate. I might have an alternate intro if the Schumer and Pelosi thing was a little too much. <laughs> the year was 2081 and everyone was finally equal. They weren't only equal before God and the law, you see. They were equal every which way. Nobody was smarter than anybody else. Nobody was better looking than anybody else. Nobody was stronger or quicker than anybody else. And all this equality was due to the 211th, 212th, and 213th amendments to the Constitution and to the unceasing vigilance of the United States Handicapper General. The strong wore weights to make them weaker. The intelligent wore earpieces that kept them from taking unfair advantage of their brains. Even the beautiful sometimes wore masks in situations where their beauty might simply be too distracting. It was the golden age of equality. I like the Schumer and Pelosi one better, but that is option number two. I mean, I, I don't know about I, an intro clip, but I mean, that's <laughs> definitely a good clip. That's uh, it's. I don't, I don't even know what it's from. Something called Harrison Bergeron. Bergeron. I think this is a case where the music bed makes my mind wander <laughs> and then i oh yeah like ah am i being brainwashed right well, yeah. right <laughs> i'll go with the first concept, one we'll go though. with the first one go we'll go with the we'll go with the uh tribal <laughs> what uh. is that 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 song in effect is the embodiment of a suggestion that i think i heard on the mofax show in reference to the the uh democratic garb display yeah yes yeah that's definitely a reference to the um, okay 
Yeah, it's <laughs> I I don't I I was trying to figure out who made that to credit it, but I can only find it in like meme videos. I've done so many different searches like DuckDuckGo and Google. It's like who made this? I can't find yeah. it. It's only in like meme compilations on YouTube. But whoever did it, they did a good job. Kind of have the same problem with uh, no agenda end of show mixes. Like I, I've come to be able to recognize yours, but there's a lot of new people on the scene, and it's like, who made this? This is good. Yeah. Oh man, who who made the uh, the Chumbawamba one? You know, oh talking, yeah, that was great. I do. That one's. It was on the same show that that Stone Temple Pilots uh, parody was. The on Vaseline. Too. Yeah. Yeah, man, those were all good. Uh, I love how the fact that uh, John and Adam have such a uh, committed following, you know, to their news show and the fact that they just use jingles and use things that people send in has created a culture of content creation surrounding their show that's yeah. like not paid in any way, shape or form. They're, they're, they're the mothership for a reason. Well, when you get the audience involved, you you have a more loyal audience too. Like I, right. yeah, I, I don't feel as involved with any other show I listen to. Exactly, right? I yeah. feel like maybe the only person who's gotten a uh, very committed audience without having any sort of Patreon or a donation value for value type model would be Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, but he doesn't have a like I I've been listening to Joe Rogan for God eight nine years but i don't i don't make sure to catch every episode like i do no agenda you know that's true yeah it's not as committed i go by guess exactly exactly but yeah tom you got uh but i'm probably missing out too because there are i went back and listened to the weinstein ones after i i heard more about them and yeah those are good those interviews are right really good. there's a, there's a few of guests that you would never know like um one of my favorite podcasts that joe ever did was that uh one with that uh, dr matthew walker the sleep specialist which i had one. never heard of beforehand about three hours and i learned so much in that one podcast you know i mean yeah Got yeah i listened to the ones up. with dr Rhonda patrick and i started eating broccoli sprouts <laughs> uh so yeah, is broccoli good for you apparently yes. there's like a uh, it's just been years. I, it was like a, a six-month phase where I was ordering like broccoli sprouts because apparently like there's a soup, uh, some kind of like nutrient that's really good for you, and it's like uh, it detoxes your body. It's got some kind of I don't remember the science hmm. behind it. I, I'll butcher it, but anyway, basically it's only in the broccoli sprouts. Once it fully grows into broccoli, you barely get any of that in there. Interesting. Uh, Interesting. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, she was like, uh, and if you're a cigarette smoker, you definitely need to be getting this nutrient that's in broccoli sprouts. I was like, shit, I smoke a pack a day some days, so I get on some broccoli sprouts. Huh. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, uh, yeah, look this up. You got uh, yeah, this Dr. Rhonda Patrick. She's good. But um, yeah, Tom, you've got yeah, your podcast is called Way of the Walk, right? Yeah, you that's never... the most current podcast I've worked on, and we were able to release some episodes during the pandemic, but uh, we. We recorded them all before. We did okay. an interview too. We haven't put out yet. Um, yeah, I listened that, to about yeah, four or five of those because they're they're nice. Because like, unlike our podcast, they're like they're short. So because ours is like a long. You just, I mean, some sometimes we'll go for hours. So it's it's a commitment. But with yours, it's like I learned a lot because I don't know much about photography. So I learned mm -hmm. a lot every time. And the yeah, those you had some interesting guys on. It's like some some of the stuff was over my head though. When you start talking about like the logistics, it's like I don't. I don't know what that is means. This, but. Is your podcast, is it uh, focused on photography? 
Yeah, yeah. So there's there's actually two different podcasts. One is the, the LPV show, which I worked on two seasons with uh, my friend Brian, and we we would host photographers and filmmakers and ask them to bring five books from their collection. And we never knew what people were gonna bring. And we also photographed them. So we had a blog that went along with it. So you could see what we're talking about. Uh, it, was, it was a lot of fun. Uh, and I met a lot of people that way. We had it at my apartment too. I had a, a much bigger apartment. So it was kind of like this show host hosting people at my place. It was, it was a really fun, it sounds like a fun era. The, the new show, Way of the Walk, is much more produced. It's not not really an interview format, and uh, my my friend Brian's gone through this kind of transformative experience with walking, and he goes on these epic walks, like fourteen mile walks, um, and he's just kind of trying to share like how it's how it's affected his thinking and how it's it really affects your health in a, a positive way. Yeah, um, great. Nick, Nick the Rat's been doing those walking around Manhattan live uh, live streams too. At least he did yeah. a couple of them. Those were kind of cool to watch. You just... We we've shot some video, and I I actually suggested the camera for Nick. Is uh, it's the same one my we're, we've been using for the show. Hmm. Yeah. Nice. So I guess, where where could I find these podcasts? LPV and Way of the Walk are they on iTunes or they uh, are on iTunes. Yes, they're on both. Uh, I, I believe what happened was he kept the the feed for the LPV show. Like we didn't want to lose our follow. We had we have a lot of subscribers, so we wanted to kind of bring him to the new show because the, the older show isn't really happening anymore. Hmm. Yeah, and I got have... into photography at one point, and I've thought about getting back into it uh, specifically for like astrophotography. So, oh um, yeah, I'm, I that's might a, that's end up wanting to check I got that out. Into it. Oh really? Yeah, back uh, Comet Hale Bob in like '97. Um, I I didn't really know how to use an SLR camera, but I learned just so I could take pictures of the comet. And I got hooked up with the local astronomy club, and they were able to like they would go. mount my camera on their telescope, so it actually tracked with the rotation, so it could take a longer exposure. Yeah, that's was, awesome. Yeah, it was really awesome for a seventh grader to be. <laughs> <laughs> cool experience. Yeah. Yeah, and we'll have. Uh, so, what do you do with astrophotography? Uh, mainly just, I mean, uh, taking photos of just, just as a hobby. You know, I'm, I've always been yeah. into astronomy and that kind of thing. So, um, I've got a couple kids, and they're into, uh, the, you know, they want to learn about space, that kind of thing. So, nice. kind of, kind of a plan for the future. But yeah. And we'll, we'll like have to, uh, Way of the Walk. Uh, and what was the second one? I'll link that one in the show notes. I already got Way of the Walk linked in our show notes for the episode. Uh, the other one is the LPV show. And LPV. if you, it stands for La Pura Vida. Got it. Uh, that, yeah, that one's more, more on photography and photographers. But you don't. it's not like a technical show. It's very conceptual we discuss different photo books and things you don't have to be a photographer to enjoy it well i i know nothing literally nothing about photography so even when you guys were talking in layman's terms about some stuff i was like uh like i don't i can't even take a good picture with a cell phone so 
Well, the whole the whole way of taking pictures has changed, and it's become a lot more democratic. And that's true. It, with it simplified in the way things are technical. Right, and it's changed throughout the years, like several times. I mean, even back when I was into it, when I was, I mean, probably fourteen years old, as much as I could have been into it at the time, without investing lots of money into an SLR DSLR camera. You know, it, the things were changing back then and hard to keep up with. So I'm sure it's it's crazy now. Yeah, it's changing like every year. It's very cyclic. There are certain cameras that stand out too in, in the eras, and yeah, it's it's hard to keep up with. Certainly, um, mm -hmm. I haven't really upgraded my camera system in a year, but I'm okay with that. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. I like those cameras where you take the picture and it like immediately prints out and then you like it develops, <laughs> you know, shake it, shake oh, it like, like a, a, yeah, shake yeah. it like well, a Polaroid uh, picture. Fuji makes some really <laughs> nice Instax cameras. Uh, I've gotten those as gifts for people a lot. And those, those, those are, are very a lot, popular. Yeah, the film's a lot better than what you can get for the Polaroid cameras now. There was a period of time where you couldn't buy Polaroid film. Then this uh, or organization called the Impossible Project started producing it. That's interesting. Nice. Well, I, I got to uh, do a hard segue. Yeah, yeah. Go but ahead. you did mention on Twitter that you were uh, a little bit lefty. Yeah, so, I, I would I'm, think so. And when I was taking, I think it was like my sophomore government class in high school, we had, we had to take some kind of litmus test. And uh, I ended up being the like most far left person <laughs> in the class. <laughs> and I, I was seated directly right to the person that was the most far right. <laughs> like, we were sitting right next you to him. You were seated directly <laughs> right to him. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> uh, now, wait, now, now this, your environment is gonna determine how extreme like this is. So like you said, this was your sophomore year in high school. Where was this at? Uh, so this is in Northern Virginia. Okay. All right. So it, like a lot of military families had uh, kids going to my school. Uh, overall, it was more conservative and Republican. Right. Right. But that, that, is Wait, that has changed in 20 years. Just significantly. It, yeah. It's crazy would to you, me. <laughs> would you consider yourself a Bernie bro then, Tom, or is that like a, a pejorative? Uh, I mean, it, it's one of those things that gets thrown around so much that maybe it was insulting at first, uh, but, but maybe it's just how people are using it. I don't really care. I mean, there was More a period of, a meme of time. Now. Yeah, there was a period of time where I was firm, not firmly in support. Like, I'm... I don't consider myself a socialist, but I was more behind Bernie's ideas on the Democratic ticket than any of the other projected viable ones. Yeah, in, in 2015, uh, he was definitely my number one pick as far as, unless you're talking third-party candidates. Yeah, yeah. And I, uh, like the animosity I got from people like in the primary era in 2016 for not being for Clinton and being for Bernie was... That was very telling. Like I learned a lot th through that experience. Like close friends, like mm -hmm. really like, mm -hmm. trying to do this hard Hillary sell to me. I'm like, no, I don't really want to. You got, you got the same her. thing uh, this election a little bit. 
People, I even I, had there was like a there was a booty call at the time I was single. Someone called me up like, "Oh yeah, yeah I'm in your neighborhood." It was like midnight. I'm like, "Okay." Was it like, burning? Hey, you want to come ha hang out? I'm like, "All right." Want to come hang out, Tom? Hey, Tom. So, like, hey, I, I'm hanging out, and then she's talking to me about like, "Oh, so uh, you, like, are you for Bernie or Hillary?" I'm like, "You want to talk about this now?" Okay. <laughs> you should have said Trump. <laughs> Because just to really said, throw her for a loop. Oh my yeah, god. Really, like, she was just not interested after it was not going to be convinced. It was almost like it was designed to convince me. I don't know. Wow. Dude, maybe Hillary. Weird. Maybe she was a Hillary. That's what we call an evangelist. Dude, she, maybe she was a Clinton <laughs> yeah. operative. Who knows? It's possible. All right. Yeah. I mean, uh, I was definitely a Bernie bro back in 2015 20, 20, uh, or 2016. Yeah, I was. So too. I, I, I felt a lot of that too. A lot, a lot of the hatred. And I, a, I was not one of the ones who switched to Hillary after uh, Bernie dropped out either. So No, no. Uh, Th that gets you condemned. He, oh, for sure. He, yeah, I, I still like, part of me still really likes Bernie. And we can talk about this a little later. But he had, I feel like he's let me down in a lot of ways. But I do have a... I'm with you. Back when, back when he, the Daily Show was... he's controlled, controlled, controlled opposition? opposition? I don't know for <laughs> sure, but I could see it. I don't know about that. But back but, in, Maybe look. The thing about controlled opposition is they don't even necessarily have to know they're controlled. Yeah, they can just be used as a pawn. I think that's a definitely a likelihood. But the fact that he just rolled over to Hillary and then this election rolled over to Biden, even though he could have still won, says a lot. I think you saw it happen in the last debate where he they had no teeth in the moment where he absolutely needed to sink them mm -hmm. in. Yeah, he just like that, he just was like Joe's was my friend. Like, Joe, Joe, yeah. my great friend Joe over here. I love him. Honestly, this this year I was kind of I was hoping for Bernie, but uh, he kind of disappointed me every step along the way. He never had teeth. Yeah. Well, one of the things that was strange is early on, people that worked on his campaign from 2016 kind of folded at one point, and it was like, why did they just leave? Mm hmm. Right. Well, um, back back when the Daily Show was good. Uh, John Stewart did some coverage of when Bernie first announced he was running uh, in 2015, and uh, I pulled some clips of that because John John Stewart's great in this, and especially um, in a, the later clips you'll hear it's John Stewart's coverage is very no agenda esque. It's a uh, hmm. it's really good. Today, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders kicked off his campaign for president. He's a long shot. A long shot. I don't think he's going to be taken too credibly. Bernie Sanders is a socialist, for God's sakes. A thick Brooklyn <laughs> accent. He's 73 years old. He looks 91. He's a little crusty. He's alone, isn't he? He owns a VHS copy of Tootsie. <laughs> <laughs> that last one, last one seemed like kind of a weird slam. I mean, Tootsie's a fine film. Certainly the best Dustin Hoffman cross-dressing movie that's been released publicly. You know... <laughs> But the point is, Sanders is a loon. He wears socks on his hands and gloves on his feet. He butters his bread with Vaseline. He lives in a pineapple under the sea. If Salvador Dali and Dr. Seuss had a child, and that child was raised by schizophrenic howler monkeys, it would be Bernie Sanders. Give me a taste of this crazy wacko cuckoo bird. If a bank is too big to fail, that bank is too big to exist. We must establish pay equity for women workers. We must be focused on campaign finance reform. Instead of cutting Social Security, we are going to expand Social Security benefits. What a, what a, what a, what a, 
rational, slightly left of center mainstream politician. I got a, I got a couple more of those, but dude, John Stewart just, uh, he had, a, he had a way unlike anybody else in his, um, that are filling in his shoes now, like your John Oliver's, or your Trevor Noah's, Samantha B's. Like John Stewart was, he called it, he called out bullshit and media propaganda against uh, Bernie for sure. That really, that clip makes me miss John Stewart so much. Oh, and yeah, doesn't he it? had so much brilliance to just get out of the way before things got so toxic and weird right right what's lovely about john stewart and the way he put things is that he constructed his arguments in such a way that they were like dripping with sarcasm so hard that anything you say in response just sounds ridiculous yeah. it doesn't matter how how much sense it makes <laughs> stephen colbert you can't back argue with john he, yeah stephen colbert was even Beyond that, as far as sarcasm goes, uh, back when he did the Colbert Report, before he totally sold his soul. He had uh, a weird shift. Yeah, yeah, that was. I went to one of the first uh, rehearsals. It wasn't, it wasn't an actual show, but it was like one of the first five rehearsals they had for it. For the Colbert and, Report, and I just thought it was awkward because it was a new show. Uh, no, the uh, the new Tonight, Tonight not Show, the Tonight, the Late Show. Oh, the new Stephen Colbert show. Did he take yeah, De David Letterman's show? Is that what he took? Yes. Yes. The at the Sullivan Theater. Yeah. Yeah. Dude, Colbert is the perfect example of like you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become a retard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of unwatchable <laughs> for me. That's so bad. That's that's harsh. I would say I would say villain as as Joker put it, but I can, I, you know. I don't I think Colin Colbert a villain is giving him too much credit. Yeah. <laughs> Like it makes it sound cooler just a, than it just is. Just a salesman. <laughs> yeah. Now he switched yeah. from uh, from uh, basically almost libertarian lefty, uh, yeah. you know, freedom loving. He was like, position he was like John Stewart, corporatist. Yeah. yeah. Well, he was he was basically a parody of Bill O'Reilly on the Colbert Report, but mm -hmm. he still he was still uh, not totally pushing every agenda on the uh, on the table. I but think he, the shedding the character is the shift. Like he was right. able to operate as a character very well, but as himself, it's uh, I don't know. I remember when he would like he testified in front of Congress a couple times, and it was on C-SPAN, and he stayed in character for that, like Colbert did. Yeah, and it was funny, and the, like the the Cong Congress was getting mad at him, and he still stayed in character. But yeah, I know. it's kind of wild. It makes me wonder if if the Tonight Show Stephen Colbert even is. Stephen Colbert. Uh, oh, probably you know, not. It's, yeah, uh, he, he's, he, he may not be himself ever. It's just whoever's paying him at the moment. Yeah. Well, well he's a Catholic, been too. abducted, and he's in some cryogenic <laughs> chamber somewhere. <laughs> Old storage. Maybe uh, just uh, uh, his, his lack of personality allows him to shapeshift for whatever role, you know, yeah. and, and, and mm. play it very well. What was the show he was on before that? It was on uh, Comedy Central. That, well, he, he's he was a he, he, used to, he was a correspondent on the Daily Show with John Stewart around the same time That's like right. Steve Steve Carell was. Uh, are you yeah. talking about and then before did he, that? Even before that. Uh, anyway, so I'm I'm not sure. Making a reference to something I can't identify. <laughs> <laughs> we'll we'll if we find it, we'll put it in the show notes. IMDb. There you go. <laughs> uh, here's a. Part two of that clip from uh, John Stewart covering the media's coverage of Bernie in the 
2016 election. But the guy's not crazy. You know what the big difference is between uh, Sanders and Hillary Clinton? I mean, aside from the fact that she has her own internet server in her house, whereas he isn't really sure he's online unless he hears this. <laughs> Welcome. There you go. No, the real difference is that Hillary Clinton has professional image handlers telling her, hey, Hillary, you might want to comb your hair <laughs> today and tomorrow and make it a regular thing. <laughs> and hey, Hillary, instead of using your actual voice, maybe try to sound more like you're always from whatever region it is you're talking to. In fact, here's the yeah. Illinois-born, New England-educated New York senator speaking in South Carolina. I'm aware I may not be the youngest candidate in this race, but I have one big advantage. I've been coloring my hair for years. Now, anyway, if y'all excuse me, I gotta go get Shelby's juice. She's having a fit. Where are my fried green tomatoes? Listen up, Secretary Clinton. I'll do the Lindsey Graham impressions around here. Thank you very much. <laughs> the problem here isn't that Bernie Sanders is a crazy pants cuckoo bird. It's that we've all become so accustomed to stage-managed, focus group-driven candidates that authenticity comes across as lunacy. Hey, man. You, uh, man, I was getting angry listening to that. <laughs> you, you, you if you don't might... vote for me, then you ain't black. <laughs> yeah. uh, you guys might make me guilty of the accent shift. Oh, because is, that, I'm really, is the Tennessee well, accent, Virginia. we have that noticeable? Uh, yeah, to me. I'm, I'm okay, conscious yeah. of it. I, I think it's pretty hard to identify mine, but um, when I'm around, like my brother has lived in North Carolina for more than 20 years, and he definitely has one. And if I hang out with him, I'll like kind of get it a little more. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right, right. No, I, I remember uh, when I lived, because I grew up, on the Ohio Michigan border, and everybody talks really fast right there. And as you know, everybody talks really fast. And that's how I always talked. And then I came down here to Tennessee when I was about 12. And I remember for the first couple of years, it was like I was getting annoyed at how long it would take people to finish sentences. And right. uh, the people I picked up, I definitely picked up the uh, drawl. Yeah, I definitely picked up the um, the southern drawl for sure, at least in some ways. When I was in uh, San Francisco the last time. The first few days I was there, I couldn't figure out why people were, were kind of looking at me on the street. Like, why, why are they looking at me? This is weird. And then finally I was like, oh, I'm walking too fast. <laughs> Everyone oh. walks really fast in New York. Oh, yeah. Like out That's funny. In California, this is a very different pace, as well as the <laughs> South, too. Everybody, like every, everybody's home, trying to see what you're running away from. Yeah, no. <laughs> why's that guy walking so fast? <laughs> There's another, yeah, that, that's another thing I noticed when I first moved to the South is like every time a, like you see a stranger, they'll wave at you. And oh, like yeah. if, you right, do, yeah. if you just wave to strangers up North, people are like, what the fuck is that guy's problem? Do I know you? <laughs> During people, the pandemic, people are friendly down people here. Are, people are taking a lot more walks and they're also starved for social attention. So I've noticed that happen a little more, but because of the masks, it's also super awkward. You don't know if someone's smiling or they're like sticking their tongue at you. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I've noticed that That's even good. At, at work, um, since I'm working in food service, you know, cooking, like we have to wear masks now. They, they, we didn't for a little bit. Now that there's another surge, we got to wear masks again. 
and even just people I know, it's hard to like read social cues because you can never tell if somebody's smiling or <laughs> rounded yeah. or right. Well, I was going to say it's interesting that you can notice our, our our southern accents because I mean down here with other people who live in this area, they will yeah. never notice it. Like they'll think we're from up north. But I got to say, <laughs> there's a difference between you adapting to our southern accent and then planning a speech and going to speak before people in South Carolina and clearly changing your accent so drastically. Well, yeah, that's <laughs> now, that's that's I an hour that of the time. Might be just a little bit of an exaggeration. I've been coloring my hair for years. It's almost like that that joke was even demeaning. It's like, oh, these people down oh, here yeah. will think that this joke is funny. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I was reading so, what uh, Kanye West said about uh, Joe Biden's "If you ain't uh, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black" statement, and I was I was getting mad to be honest. He was he was he was provoking me. Who was Kanye, Kanye was or, or Biden? Biden. Well, Kanye. What Kanye was saying, he was making me mad at Joe Biden. He was saying, oh. you know, this this uh, if, this statement, "If you ain't black, uh, if you if you don't vote for me, then you ain't black," is you know indicative of the systematic, basically white supremacy you know uh and racism that's you know in the democratic party well there's plenty of reasons to be mad at this guy and more at the party for promoting him as a viable candidate in the first place that too <laughs> okay so uh when i when i heard those uh, the other day i guess it was last night i don't even know days running together when i heard those uh when i watched that clip of john stewart exposing the media bias against Bernie. It reminded me of the 2012 elections because he did the same thing for Ron Paul. Mm. And this is, oh, this yeah. is where you'll Ron really... Ron Paul is a, he's a complete parallel to Bernie despite being yeah. from a different party. Yeah, and Tulsi right. Gabbard, they, they treated her like Ron Paul. Mm -hmm. uh, just like basically, mm -hmm. if they yeah, first they ignore you, then they attack you, they, they mock you, whatever. And then it's somewhere down the line, then you win. But we haven't really seen that happen outside of maybe Trump. Didn't the Tea Party somehow like take a lot of Ron Paul's ideas and then like? Yeah, they they uh, co-opted the movement. You had like the co-opted. Uh, that's the word. Yeah, well, because yeah, Ron Paul started the Tea Party, and then you had the um, the Mitt Romneys and the Mike Huckabees of the world come in and co-opt it. He was basically and forced out of the and movement. They completely co-opted it. Yeah, they that's they they kicked out all the happens. libertarian values. Right. Yeah, it became more neocon after. But uh, but yeah. Okay. So this is where you'll really hear the parallel to a no agenda style deconstruction is John Stewart on the Ron Paul in the 2012 race. This is pretty good. So now with plenty dropping out, Rick Perry dropping in, and Michelle Bachman and Ron Paul dominating the AIM straw poll, we got ourselves a race. We have a top tier. It is Mitt Romney, Rick Perry, and Michelle Bachman. We have a new top tier, and it's Perry, Mitt Romney, and Bachman. There's now a top tier in this race, at least for now, of Romney, Perry, and Bach. I mean, I think that's fair to say. Really fair to say? You're not forgetting, <laughs> I don't know, anyone, say, an ideologically consistent 12-term congressman who came within less than 200 votes of winning the straw poll? Isn't anyone going to give that gentleman a little love? There's a top tier now of, of, of Bachman and Perry and Romney, and, you know, we haven't mentioned, and we should, Thank you. We haven't mentioned, and we should, Rick Santorum, who did really surprisingly well for the <laughs> amount of money and resources he had. Rick Santorum, he didn't get half of what Ron Paul got. He lost to the guy who lost so bad he dropped out of the race. <laughs> Santorum? 
Google I'm feeling lucky frothy mix. <laughs> what? Wait, what? <laughs> that was the thing you used to be able to do with Rick Santorum and a Google browser. If you put frothy mix, I'm feeling lucky, it would take you to Rick Santorum's page. What? <laughs> yeah. Holy crap. Uh yeah, I I mean there isn't a I this is old Google browser. Well, it's, There's no right, it's, it's not his actual website, but the, the first three results have had, all have Santorum in the <laughs> name. I, I googled I'm feeling lucky frothy mix. It wasn't Santorum's nice. actual website, but okay, that's weird. Right, you 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 mean the uh, the tool I'm feeling lucky instead of healing Google hitting Google yes. search it oh. takes you directly to a result. Right. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, 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 I see what yes. you're saying. I actually type. Okay, that's probably why it showed up. Then I literally typed in "I'm feeling lucky." For yeah. When did when did they take that away? Uh, that was a while ago. No, they right, right. They, they still have it. I'm looking at Google right now. Oh, really? Yeah. It you go to you. It says I'm feeling lucky, and then um, when you hover your mouth over it, it switches to I'm feeling doodly. Now it says, I'm feeling adventurous, I'm feeling spontaneous, I'm feeling hungry. <laughs> wow. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't used uh, Google in a little bit because uh, I use a VPN, and for some reason, whenever I try to Google a result, it's it's like, are you a robot? I'm like, ah, oh. and I got to go to But I just use Bing, and it's pretty similar, I guess. Yeah, hmm. Bing's, Bing's good. I use DuckDuckGo if I'm trying to, most of the stuff, I'm usually trying to find, especially for the podcast, is something that Google is going to obfuscate from the results anyway. So I'll do a DuckDuckGo. Yeah. Right. It seems like if, if you've got a VPN, then Bing might be a good option because Bing's probably going to get you a bit better results than DuckDuckGo would, and you don't really have to worry about the tracking if you got that VPN on. Well, well depends what you're looking for. Like... If you're looking for, uh, you know, a documentary that's been banned from YouTube and Facebook and all that, then Bing is probably not going to give you any good results. That's true. That's true. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> All right, I got a. I lost my clip list. I lost my clip list. Well, I gotta say, I'm missing John Stewart really bad right now. He got out at the right time, though. He somehow he knew. He talked like, about yeah. that. Uh, he was on Joe Rogan. <laughs> I guess it was last week, and he talked about um, how great it's been to not have to do that show right now. <laughs> oh yeah. Right. <laughs> how old is he? He's got to be sixties. Really? Almost 60 at least. Yeah, probably early. Late. I, was thinking, yeah. I was thinking mid-50s, but yeah, okay. Yeah, because yeah, Rogan's mid-50s, I think. Right. Uh, okay, yes, yeah, so this is part two of the Ron Paul coverage. Uh, We're looking at Mitt Romney, who continues to be the front runner, but we have Rick Perry as well, and now Michelle Bachman. Let's not count out John Huntsman, though. What? <laughs> John Huntsman? Huntsman got 69 votes. If, if all of John Huntsman's supporters met at the same Ames, Iowa Quiznos, the fire marshal would say, yeah, that's fine, no problem. There's still some tables open in the back. Huntsman, Huntsman was the only Mormon running in the straw poll, and he came in second amongst Mormons. <laughs> And by the way, this pretending Ron Paul doesn't exist for some reason has been going on for weeks. A new yeah. Gallup survey showing Rick Perry running second to Mitt Romney, knocking down Iowa favorite Michelle Bachman to fourth. <laughs> behind who? Fourth behind who? 
they have the graphic on there and it literally goes one two four they just don't even have three wait the plates. graphic doesn't even have john wow yeah. dude the news did that constantly i mean they did it with tulsi and yang a little bit this election but nothing like they did to ron paul yeah oh sorry no you're good Didn't go ahead i think ron paul and bernie both worked together on uh audit was it auditing the fed or i think they had they worked some... together on something there was a couple yeah. of things that they worked on together What's and that's that? the like whether you agree with bernie or ron paul or not like they're both the most ideologically consistent uh non-flip-flopping politicians in washington right. i'd say and you can draw straight. parallels between them too you know i mean like I, if you guys have ever seen that uh, political compass website where it literally it'll put it'll graph your political beliefs on a left to right uh, up to down which is you know up being authoritarian down mm -hmm. being you know libertarian or whatever other word you want to use um you know i mean ron paul is super right in his economic beliefs and bernie is very left in his economic beliefs but i'm pretty sure both of them would rank pretty uh, pretty similarly on the on the freedom scale at least i mean ron would definitely you know be a bit more libertarian <laughs> in his yeah. beliefs yeah. but bernie is still yeah. that's that's what that's what contrasts him to hillary or biden in my mind I mean, I think this kind of speaks to my own personal politics. That I, I identified with both of these figures, not fully, right. but to like a lot of degrees. Yeah, I've right. always been more of a Ron Paul guy, but I do. I, I respect Bernie in the, in a similar way, although not as right. much. I feel as like I, I might to. be <laughs> I might be a bit more aligned with you, uh, Tom. I, I usually call myself like a radical centrist because <laughs> <laughs> I, have, I have radical left and radical right ideas, you know? Yeah. I mean, oh. I, I don't consider them radical, but I feel like it's hard to peg me. And people are like, oh, what are you? I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right, right. I mean, te technically, they're not radical, but versus most of the average people, I mean, a universal basic income or uh, reducing regulations on uh, free speech and, and, and uh, small businesses, you know. <laughs> Do you yeah, think they're already I, experiencing I like to... universal basic income? At the moment, yeah, with the kind of, with you the, mean with the with the stimulus, with the coronavirus stuff, yeah, six hundred. No, well, six hundred a, a week, six hundred a week uh, for, for unemployment. For unemployment is, is, this, is what, this is not a universal ba yeah, basic but, income. It's but, not the same thing. Yeah, yeah, but you can't but call the, it the same thing. Yeah, but the six hundred a week for six hundred a week for unemployment is way more than a thousand a month UBI. Even though it's not UBI, it's more than you would get from that. But it's less beneficial for the economy. Uh, yeah. Like by far, because it incentivizes so, like, you not so to work. Also, also yes. the the CARES Act was like seventy or what eighty percent of it went to massive corporations. You know, in the lockdown, they oh, they yeah, shut down yeah. small businesses and they left uh, Taco Bell and and Walmart open. You yeah. know, I mean, it. I got a clip on the CARES know. Act I, coming you, up. I just, I just, because I know people will use the stimulus as an argument against universal basic income in the future and say, hey, well, we already tried that. Look at that. And that didn't affect our economy. But I don't think you can equate I, those two things. I think the checks sent to dead people are an interesting one. Because yeah. it could just be the people that have died in the last year or like since the last tax info. Or, or it's just like, why are these people getting, is this a scam? Yeah, like who checks knows? getting sent to dead people? I've not even heard yeah. of this. Yeah, no, that's, yeah. it's just, uh, I mean, we have, it's kind of like when dead people vote in the election, mostly in yeah. California, but it happens across the nation. It's like, how did that right. work?
Um, well, I'm just saying if they'd refocus that CARES Act as stimulus money and instead of giving the majority of it to corporations, given almost all of it to small businesses and uh, the average American, we would see a massive benefit in our economy versus the bailouts going to corporations. How right. do you differentiate that and have accountability? What do you mean? Well, well I, instead I, of write, instead of writing agree. a direct check to the corporation, you give you increase the amount of money that's going to the average person. Because what's the yes. average person going to do? They're going to spend that money at those corporations. They're going to spend that money at those small businesses versus the corporation, which is just going to, you know, I mean, give bonuses to its you know executives, CEOs, that kind of. That kind of thing. I, I mean. completely agree. I think it's a problem of it, putting it into practice. Like I, I'm with you a hundred percent. But it's just like, how do you prevent these bigger companies from from coming and be like, I'm a small business? Right, right. So this is where you would need to reform the the people who actually execute the laws that we're trying to put into practice. See, yeah, I'm with you there. The principle is a great idea, but once you get it on paper. I mean, there's going to be so many different people who I, wangle their I, own. Yeah. It's it's similar yeah, yeah. to the 2008 uh, housing market collapse when they bailed out the banks instead of bailing out the people that got screwed over and lost their homes. I worked mm. on a promotional video for a company that had gotten that that had received a small business loan, and uh, they they were part of Shutterstock, which is a like big company. That's a huge, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So we're there like filming this small business series for some com company that was sponsoring small businesses, but this business is actually part of a giant business. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, there's plenty. I, I, I really want the money to go to the right people so they can use it and keep, get the economy stimulated. And like that is the ideal situation. But it's just like, how do you actually get the money to the people without it being siphoned off every which way? Yeah, right. Not, the, not to the go corporations on a always find the loopholes. But next time somebody yeah. tells you that bailing out the citizens instead of the corporations is radical or that UBI is radical, like a good response would be. Well, isn't spending half over half of our tax dollars on weapons that we use to kill brown people overseas? Isn't that kind of radical? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, I and I think this is a problem that almost every American is dealing with at the moment, whether you're right or left. Um, you know, everybody's frustrated that their principles and their ideas and their beliefs, you know, of the average person never get put into practice, whether you're on the right or the left, because our government is so corrupt. I mean... <clears throat> We got Donald Trump last, last election. And they just aren't. Exactly. Nothing's ever changed. We, we got Donald Trump mm -hmm. last election. And, and this election, the best the Democrats can do out of out of all the Democrats in the U.S., the best they can do is Joe Biden. Like, it, it almost feels <laughs> like we're just getting we're getting we're getting played. You know, they, they want VP the system scam. to stay exactly the way it is. I mean, and that's why and there's so much fr frustration in America. It's palpable. When Kanye West announces on July 4th that he's going to run for president, he gets a million likes in less than like three hours. I mean, it, it kind of just kind of nutty. I mean, well, it's going to yeah. it's all about to get better because yeah, we got the thousands of sealed indictments coming and uh, they're going to round up the pizza gators. Something that we're at a point where people are I mean, Bernie's still alive at the moment it, and people are rallying are they rallying what's the actual support for kanye i don't know I I'm just voting for, i'll vote for him i'm voting yeah. for him 
It's because <laughs> it, what, what it is, is it's anger and it's frustration at the system. But Donald Trump and Joe Biden, neither of those guys are good options. And Bernie Sanders had had a chance. He had all the chances in the world to become our president, but he doesn't have the backbone. I mean, he could still be running, too. He could. Yeah, he could but still do not. it. But he at every yeah. single point along the way. When he had an option to stand up for the American people and his ideals and his beliefs, he just decided to speak and tweet and that kind of thing instead of actually act. I feel like we'll get, and, and call out the people who need to be called have been out. Threatened or something? Yeah, I think who knows? There was a payoff. Also, two new vacation homes. Yeah. Yeah, probably yeah, both. Uh, we'll come to we'll come to back to Bernie in a second. I'm going to finish up this Ron Paul clip. Michelle, uh, I don't even remember where we were at. Uh, let's just see where we're at. Hoffman to fourth. <laughs> behind who? Fourth, you? Behind who? How did Libertarian Ron Paul become the 13th floor in a hotel? <laughs> Why? What's wrong with he is Tea Party patient zero? All that small government grassroots business, he planted that grass. These other folks, they're just moral majorities in a tri cornered hat. Ron Paul's the real deal, and Fox News should love this guy. But watch the disconnect between the debate moderators at Fox's Thursday debate and the debate audience. Iran does not have an air force that can come here, just like we did in Iraq. Build up the war propaganda. There was no al-Qaeda in Iraq, and they had nuclear weapons, and we had to go in. I'm sure you supported that war as well. Yeah. Okay. It's time we quit this. It's time. It's trillions of dollars we're spending on these wars. So the, the debate moderator just literally rolls his eyes after Ron Paul says that. <laughs> there are actually quite a few Ron Paul signs around at the time. I mean, not a lot, but the fact that I saw any in New York I saw them all over the place here. What's with the smirk and the eye roll? The guy gives it, the crowd goes nuts, and you do one of these. <laughs> there goes crazy Uncle Ron. <laughs> Babbling about the unsustainability of multiple wars. <laughs> He's the one guy in the field, agree with him or don't dis uh, agree with him, who doesn't go out of his way to regurgitate talking points or change what he believes to fit the audience he's in front of. And you're treating him like if this were Celebrity Apprentice, he'd be this guy. <laughs> By the way, at the Ames, Iowa straw poll, Busey beat Huntsman 77 to 69. And even when the media does remember Ron Paul, it's only to reassure themselves how there's no need to remember Ron Paul. Right now, live, right next to the bus behind us, Ron Paul is speaking. And seven of the candidates are here today. We have live pictures of Ron Paul, but you know what? We're talking about Sarah Palin. We're talking about Rick Perry, the two people not in the race yet, Drew. And guess what, Paul? If you get video of Sarah Palin or get a soundbite from her, bring that back to us. You can hold the Ron Paul stuff. <laughs> <laughs> fucking so transparent I'm so angry dude it was cr <laughs> the way the what the even fox like oh my god like that's why i'm glad for even though i did definitely don't agree with him on everything i'm really happy for people like tucker who really is the only um counter narrative person on any mainstream media network because he'll have tulsi gabbard on you know every week while she's getting slandered to defend I'll check out Tucker, but he'll he'll make he'll make some solid points and then kind of 
like group you in as if you're you're part of some like Christian group and then say something I don't right. agree with and I'm like what yeah you lost me and it's like yeah, every he, time I watch yeah. the Tucker show well, he, I, yeah, like I start off like I'm in and yeah, I'm like what right. and like ugh. well he, he's the only <laughs> he person end, that, he like, ends with the team game a lot yeah, yeah but he's the only person like calling out the false flags and saying we can't keep going into wars but then he's also out of the other side of his mouth saying like we need to make sure marijuana stays illegal. It's like what? maybe that's the only way to deliver the message in that medium at the moment. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. I, I listen to people who are extreme left and extreme right and, you know, filter their views, you know. But yeah, you're right. Tucker's one of the few on mainstream media. Yeah, he's definitely not right about everything, but he's I'm amazed that Fox lets him get away with some of the stuff he covers. What's it? What are sponsors like at this point? I think it's just is my it pillow. My pillow? It? Yeah, it's just my pillow. <laughs> uh, I saw Forbes did an article um, around the Fourth of July. Tucker's show was the highest-rated cable news broadcast in all of cable broadcasting yeah. history, which is crazy because that means you're beating out like the Walter Cronkite and shit. Yeah, it's also the margin he was beating him out. I, I looked at those numbers. It wasn't like by it wasn't like a huge margin. It wasn't no, it wasn't small. It was it wasn't huge, but it was like, oh a lot of people watching Tucker. Yeah. That's I mean, it's the only good thing on Fox. And anyway, it's not always good, but not that I ever watch Fox. Ever. Yeah, it's it's Fox is pretty bad. It's it's the it's <laughs> CNN I, I for that Judge Janine clip that Mo Fax played in regards to the George Floyd uh, video it was very not normal for Fox and surprising. Yeah. That's no. that's one of like other example I can think of. I don't really watch a lot of Fox. Yeah. I mean, I've, I always hated uh, Bill O'Reilly and Sean Hannity and those guys, but Tucker seems like he's... I actually, I got some Tucker clips coming up. Old school Tucker. Right. I don't know well, why. Going back but, to what you were saying... I was going to say, I mean, I watched a lot of Fox as a child, and I feel like the, the thing I hate about Fox today, I recognized in Fox as a child, which uh, you, you said a comment earlier that it wasn't, like, that's just so transparent, you know, them ignoring Ron Paul and whatnot. Mm, I feel like yeah. it's it's not even transparency. It's just flamboyance. Like, it's just, it's like, just in your face, we don't care. Oh, we're not going to do kind of that. Attitude. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's all cable news for sure. I know. I noticed that as a as a child, like I'm talking like seven, eight years old, watching uh, the O'Reilly Factor with my grandfather. <laughs> yeah, I was surprised. I haven't watched any Bill O'Reilly's new show, and I don't probably won't since it's behind a paywall. But I, I was surprised to hear Darren once. say. Uh, I was surprised to hear Darren say that he's very no agenda esque now. You saw, yeah, you uh, you saw O'Reilly in New York. Uh, yeah, it, uh, during the 2004 Republican National Convention, I was an intern for the Associated Press, and I was like, at the convention, so I got to see a lot of things going on. Uh, and I, yeah, I walked right by O'Reilly and uh, gave him the finger. <laughs> <laughs> really? <laughs> was he under like... my jacket? I wanted to keep my job. <laughs> right, right, smart. Was he like uh, what is he like seven and a half feet tall? He's very tall. In yeah. person, yes. He's definitely tall. Man. Well, all right. Um, this We kind of already touched on all of this, what's in this clip, but um, this is 
uh, back to Bernie real quick. Jimmy Dore's just been like letting Bernie have it. And uh, for some reason, the version of this clip I have is like produced with music in the background. But Bernie Sanders is not who you think he is. He's a feckless fucking coward. That's who he is. <laughs> As Chris Hedges says, our fucking leaders are in- ineffective at best and venal at worst. And it's our job to make them fear us. Make him fear us. He voted for this because he doesn't fear you. He knows that you'll never fucking hold his feet to the fire, ever. He went and sucked Hillary Clinton's cock. (laughs) (laughs) And then he fucking didn't hold the DNC accountable after they cheated us, after they fucking defrocked his delegates, after they turned the lights out on him, put sound cannons on him. He did fucking nothing. And he's doing nothing now. He's doing less than nothing because he's pretending he's doing something. He's tweeting that he's doing something. I'm working on a fourth stimulus. Suck my dick. (laughs) You have no leverage to get anything done. Quit tweeting bullshit and start organizing. I agree with all of that. Sorry. No, go ahead. Did, Did you hear about how the New York State Democratic primary election was canceled and then uh because of an appeal by andrew yang and uh someone else's name that escapes me but because of their appeal we actually got to vote and so we got to vote for people that uh had pledged their delegate vote to certain candidates like it was it was really the the vote was not going to happen because of covid yeah yeah just like oh we're just going to cancel it like biden's in and like it took Andrew Yang and someone else to be like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. Like you're actually hurting a lot of progressive candidates that they can't even be voted for in these other smaller elections because you're canceling this. Oh yeah. And on top, I'm not done. Part two. So I got the write-in ballot. I, I should have gone in person because apparently, if the mail-in ballot does not have a postmark, it it uh it can't be counted and the ballots had a like business postage return on it which isn't necessarily postmarked so it's like what <laughs> are these even counted wow <laughs> yeah how could you There's verify that you're voting here with the democratic party in new york state that's crazy yeah seems like our entire election systems are just completely corrupt seems like we need to reset so many things for like this new age i don't, I don't know I just don't know who to trust to reset things. Jesse, Jesse, the body Ventura, twenty twenty four. he's a fake too. He's not no. I love him. Don't tell me that. Don't ruin my dream. Yeah, I know. It'd be it'd be an interesting uh, third part to the debates. We need another. You're welcome. We, we need another nine eleven truther in the White House. Wait, I want to hear this. What makes Jesse Ventura a fake? Because uh, uh, Sir Seatser here, Chris, is a bit of a uh, Ventura advocate. So. No, I'm not saying he's. It's I. That does deserve clarification. You're right. He is a pro wrestler. He's a, was he's a fake in terms of actually running for president. He's kind of pulled this game before. Like oh, I'm, I'm right. going to do it. Yeah, well, that, I'm right. actually not going to do it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, he Joe Rogan was trying to convince him to run when he was on there. Yeah, <laughs> why not? I mean, Kanye's doing it. <laughs> you Kanye think, Rogan 2024 do you think that I don't know if I'd want Rogan as president 
I don't. I definitely he, wouldn't. He does not want to be president. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know that I want any celebrity to be president. I think other, I want somebody Kanye. to run for president. That's just an average Joe, and I want that to be their uh, campaign tagline. I'm average in every way. I'm reasonable. I will listen to you. We'll deliberate over things. Well, the the military, <laughs> um, the military did that uh, human hibernation experiment. Where they found the most average man in the United States, average like um, physical fitness, average IQ, just the most average guy they could find. His name was Joe, and then he woke up 500 years in the future, and he was the was smartest man on Earth. And then he became president. <laughs> he became president at the, at the end of this the movie, Idiocracy. Uh, so he, yeah, uh, I figured so, that out about halfway so, through. So he was uh, literally average Joe became president. So that already happened. <laughs> In a movie. In a movie. <laughs> Maybe we should do a should we do a Q and on segment? Q and on. Q and on. I don't know a lot about it, so uh, enlighten me. Q and on. Q. Q and on. Q and on. Q and on. Q and on. Platforms like Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter are using artificial intelligence to find some of the content and make it less visible to users. In June, a young man showed up at the Hoover Dam, resulted in an armed standoff with law enforcement. He had a sign that said, release the OIG report. It's a movement, man. It's the shift. I can feel it coming. Letting us know that, you know, he hears us and, you know, we're on the same, it's the Q movement. Is this a fun thing to know about, a fun thing to be a part yes. of? Yes. It's fun because things get revealed. It's fun because we know before it's going to happen a lot of times. <laughs> what storm, Mr. President? You'll find out. It's the QAnon segment. Okay, I feel so like there was a visual aspect to that we're going, that I was we're, missing. Yeah. We're doing the um, uh, let's do a let's do a sealed indictment check. Look How many are we up to? One hundred and seventy-nine thousand. I think. Ooh, that's a lot of people. It, yeah, but it's, it's not that many people if you got like three hundred fifty million people plus illegals in the country. What, wait, okay, now what are the sealed indictments like regarding? Is this all regarding the, the pedophilia stuff? Or is this like, I, th that's why I don't understand about QAnon. Is like, who are they going? Are they just going after everyone? Is that why there's 179,000? <laughs> well, isn't that what Curry said? Is uh, we, there's only 178,999 to go because we just got Maxwell? Yeah. Um, hmm. I should have already had the Q maps pulled up. So, so the, uh, well, here, just listen to this summary while I'm finding the Q maps. That's my bad. I usually, I always have, I, I should have, I should have had them bookmarked. Yeah, I don't know. There's a Q map that's I, supposedly all this, a map of all the different sealed indictments that are all going to be unsealed and it shows where they are in all the different states. Uh, uh, <laughs> my experience, uh, like talking about QAnon has been people telling me things will happen on this date. And then it never and does. Then, yeah, I'm with I'm you. Like, Okay. <laughs> well, the thing is, is that it's always things will happen. Things will happen. People are going to jail. Corruption is ending. But like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's yeah. no specifics about anything. And 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 all I've heard is that it has to do with pedophilia. But like, I just can somebody like give me like an agenda or like a, a platform 2020 
Like, <laughs> all right, here's, I, uh, I'm looking for the Q maps. In late October of 2017, an anon from 4chan, under a thread titled Calm Before the Storm, made their first post, later calling themselves or selves Q, or Q Clearance Patriot, with Q Clearance being the highest level clearance in the Department of Energy, allowing access to top secret restricted data and national security information. Many allude to the coincidences, or quote, breadcrumbs, of Q's posts as Q proofs, that Q is indeed close to Trump, or that Q Plus is even Trump himself. At 5.07, p.m. Eastern Standard Time, post 123, Q said, nothing is random, everything has meaning, plus, plus, plus. Eight minutes later at 5.15 Eastern Standard Time, Donald Trump tweeted, massive military and energy orders happening, plus, plus, plus. See, that was the first piece of information when I, because I saw that happen in live time where I was like, okay, maybe there's something to it. Where Trump just throws plus, plus, plus at the end of his tweet right after Q does it. Why the Department of Energy? Because they that's supposedly where Q is Nukes? from. Well, Q is All like right. a Department of Energy is where you get Q clearance. Department of Energy is going to have crossover with the military, with like a lot of other uh, departments as well. I mean, I would imagine. If, I mean, especially if you're at the very top. But it's I still don't the, know. I mean, yeah. I had a I had a tour by another No Agenda producer there in 2011 the day of the earthquake and the first no agenda meetup i went to wow wait which earthquake uh it was one it was the bi biggest one we've had on the east coast that's like affected like the largest area in i don't know how many years but it was significant uh i was since i was in dc i felt it strongly and uh like closer to the epicenter where my my family's house is at the, the chimney has a huge crack in it from this earthquake. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. Department of Energy is not where I would necessarily like want to be. I, I got to that. see the solar panels on the roof, and actually, there's a there was a picture on the wall of the USS Nautilus, the first nuclear-powered submarine, and I had a great uncle on that ship, which is pretty cool. That's cool. Nice. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I found. Uh, I found the Q maps. All right. Uh, All right. Sealed. Uh, stalling. Stalling complete. Sealed casing. <laughs> Thank you. For me well. So this is uh, this is sealed cases. Uh, let's see. Let's check out New York. What's New York got? Okay. So you got ten thousand two hundred and twenty-seven sealed indictments in New York. Uh, wow. California thirty thousand and eighteen. See Texas. 16,000 in Texas. So basically it's just breaking down that 179,000 into all the yeah. different states. Well, see, these are all, and they list how many are unsealed too. So the thing is, like, why are they sealed? Do they have any relevancy to Q? They might not. There's a lot of different reasons what, why you would have a sealed what, indictment. Yeah. Uh, what, we got exactly. 3,500... Well, 3,562 sealed indictments in Tennessee. It almost sounds like a result of some technicality of a law, like because of this one thing, all these other things are affected. I'm speaking very ambiguously, but it almost seems like a, like a result of something that maybe hasn't taken place either, too. I don't right. know. Right. Yeah, there's really not to uh, out in the yeah. wild. <laughs> yeah, right. no, it's a, so there's, yeah, there, like you said, there's multiple reasons that you might have something sealed. You part of like the thinking according to the Q people is 
you have to get all the indictments ready to go so you can unseal them all at once for mass arrests because you don't want people to know you you don't want to know let people like if you have knowledge. a yeah exactly but i mean at the same time they've been saying that sealed indictments are going to be unsealed for two three years now how much does it cost to say that <laughs> how much does it cost to unseal an <laughs> indictment no, just say the uh, we have these indictments. How much does that cost? Nothing. <laughs> Nothing, yeah. Anybody can do that. Yeah, see, I, not to beat a dead horse, but yeah, that's my frustration is that it's a sealed indictment, but you can be indicted for literally any anything. So Anonymous source says. Like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Is this is this have to do with government corruption? Is this all pedophilia? Like, is that is that what this is? Like, are there that Pizza many? Is there two? Right. That's right. The, that's the thinking. I am not convinced of that, but that's what that's the thinking. They, like there could be other reasons um, to have an indictment sealed. Like maybe you have an indictment, but you're still gathering the amount of evidence before you that you need before you unseal it. I don't know. There could be all kinds of reasons. Yeah. Um, like here's like, Texas. Anything. Texas has one hundred and fifty three thousand seven hundred and twenty three unsealed indictments. Meaning indictments, I guess, that have already gone through. Is that the most? No, California. Who has the most? Un, like, unsealed or On the sealed? chart of unsealed indictments, who has the most? Uh, Texas has a lot. Yeah, that seems like a lot. Uh, let's see, New, mean, York's, New York's unsealed uh, just over 9,000. Over 9,000! Because if it is, if this is all pedophilia, then to be honest, no, like, no, no, this no. freaks this wouldn't, me out. Man. This would not. This like would a not massive be, pedophile yeah. network that's one hundred and eighty thousand people. <laughs> like, well, uh, Germany's just uncovered a network of thirty thousand. Wow, pedophiles. Dark. Most of them are government employees, and uh, even Der Spiegel German News reported that government uh, officials, like their equivalent of child protective services, was intentionally and knowingly placing children in the homes of pedophiles uh, for over 30 years in Germany. Ugh. So this is this, this is a global systemic thing. So hopefully Q is legit and these fucks are going to go down, but I'm not convinced of it. Or hopefully, like, you know, it's not as bad as it's being, you know, made yeah. out by Q. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's yeah. that's kind of what I'm hoping for. No, is yeah. that the reality is... that the reality of the situation isn't as bad as the fantasy of the situation. But usually, the reality is way, as bad way as things. Can way be, before so. Q was, way before Q ever came along, it was pretty obvious that it's a systemic thing. I mean, look at right. Jimmy Seville, <laughs> one of the best examples of that dude. Like, what's procured kids? Um, he was friends oh, with all yeah. the British royal family. Had, had this whole kids TV show. He would like, uh, without getting too graphic, he was he would procure kids and he would uh, he had kill them when he was done with many. them. Yeah, and he yeah. Uh, he was into necrophilia, yeah. not just pedophilia. A lot of really shady yeah. fucks run the world. So I, I I don't think whether Q is real or not, the problem is real. Is that that's, even that's got to be human? Or are these like what is that? It's lizard people. Like, like, so hard to believe. What did Kanye yeah. call them? Demons. No, they, they have the devil said, in them. They said that they they have the devil inside them. Yeah, yeah. which is just, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I, <laughs> even stuff like Joe Biden, like the compilations of pictures of him just inappropriately touching oh, children, yeah. and just in ways that, like, as a How reasonable is that person, not 
When How you, is that not enough? When you know, and that's Why doesn't what he, he have to address he, it? That's what he does when he's <laughs> on camera and knows he's on camera. Yeah. Exactly. What's he doing off camera? I mean, and why doesn't he have to talk about it like extensively, like constantly? I, I don't understand. There's a photoshopped picture. Uh, you guys have definitely seen this if you've been to Elon Musk's page at any time in the last week. Uh, there's a photoshopped picture of Elon Musk and Ghislaine Maxwell. Or it's either photoshopped or oh, she photobombed yeah, yeah. him. I, I, and it, I it is it's all over. I don't think it's photoshopped. Like being, but it's it like, looks, it looks like it could it be looks real or fake. it's really well done. Well, yeah, yeah something and that's like, like there's, that. There's pictures of Trump with Epstein. Just because you have a picture with somebody, like they're like, that's not an indictment, especially when you're at a public party and somebody could just ask yeah. you for a picture. That's that's, that's my that's my point. Yeah, and the thing my is, is, is that she do that. <laughs> right, and she, she it kind of looked like she was behind him. It didn't. They weren't standing side by side. Like it looked like it's, he was walking one direction and she was as well. But all that to say, he is getting harassed on Twitter because of this singular photo mm -hmm. what it's about joe biden to and, like yeah i mean it's what, incriminating yeah, you, to yeah. a degree that he was at the same party as this person yeah but it's that's the same reason i don't really take the trump stuff with epstein seriously because he was the first person to like inform the fbi once he found out Ep what epstein was doing he didn't fly to the island 28 times like bill and kevin spacey and all these guys did so it's like yeah, it doesn't. It's not a good look to have ever associate with this person. But I'm not. It's it's not a. It, there's he just not enough. Whiff there. of what was up. Yeah. He seems to protect himself from. He's wise to blackmailing. Yeah. That seems to be like the main purpose of that whole operation. Also, the number of people that Epstein associated himself with is spectacular. He was known yeah. as a financier, not a pedophile first. So. It, it would make Find sense that people, people who want. don't know much about him, <laughs> yeah, just want to talk to him and see what kind of business deals they can get into. And then it turns out to be a bit more than business. Yeah. But then you have Bill Gates oh, yeah. where it's like, you know, 10 years after it was already out, what Epstein was up to, Bill Gates is still like staying over at his house and shit. So that, well, yeah, I mean, 27 times to your island. And I mean, there's there's definitely a relationship there, you know. But all, he my, needed my point some was troubleshooting that. with Windows 95. <laughs> uh, some high specialty troubleshooting. Uh, but like, uh, yeah, my point being, Musk gets harassed over a singular photo. Biden, all that shit's ignored. We pick and we choose, you know, for political purposes, for oh, all sorts they, of different purposes, you know, whose feet all, we're going to hold with the fire. Completely. People are choosing what to look at. They're choosing not to, like, la, 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 I don't see that. <laughs> it was all, all poop water. This is my favorite ISO ever. It was all, all poop water. <laughs> I, I kind of lost the plot on the Q thing. Um, <laughs> uh, I don't know. What else What's is going on, man? What's the next event I should prepare myself for? Oh, the next Q drop? <laughs> yeah, what's the next Q drop? The arrests. Uh, I would say even... I think we, like like we talked about early on, maybe it was even right before we started recording. Maxwell's going to die of COVID. Oh yeah, more morbid prediction. Yeah, I think so. Unfortunately, like I don't wish ill on anyone. I mean, it sounds like she did some pretty bad things. But well, this yeah. is the ridiculous thing is that literally everybody agrees on that point that Maxwell's probably going to die in quotations of something yeah. uh suicide uh, angry uh cellmate covid 
Like, why can't we do anything about it if literally everyone who's talking about it agrees? Off again. Huh, can we can weird. we move her? <laughs> can we get somebody like some I don't know some higher level government officials to get into this? Like, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. No, just put her in the same place. <laughs> hey, these these QMAP same uh, Epstein was in. This QMAP has links to the. Uh, specific circuit courts and district courts of all the indictments. I'm going to have to go through one by one and find out each 179,000 indictment, each one individually, and I'll, I'll get a full report to you, have it on your desk by Monday with the TPS reports. All right. That'd be great. <laughs> Thanks. Did you, get, did you get a look at the, did you get that memo? <laughs> All right. Well, what's what else is going on in the world? Something happier than, than Maxwell. I mean, I keep coming back to Kanye West. I'm telling yeah. you, I was I haven't <laughs> prayed to God in about five years. But earlier this, like about two months ago, I prayed and I was like, you know what, God, we need a wild card this we election. Need Kanye. Please don't. I said, please don't <laughs> leave us with Biden and Trump. And then God answered my my prayer and He gave me Kanye West. I, I heard a MoFax episode where they w they got into Kanye. I feel like it's somewhere in the middle of their episodes episode, at this point. Episode 13. That's a great one. Okay. But it's like towards the very end, they start making some connections to, I think, a, a, a semi-religious organization. The, the family, and, yeah. The Wolf King, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah, gotta listen like, to that. It's like uh, is the family into the one that's into pedophilia as well? No, no, no. Or... That's the Finders. That's the CIA finders. group, the Finders. No, the family uh, is like um, <laughs> I think Mo referred to him as the Christian Illuminati. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you, it, yeah. You know what? I've heard of this. Yeah. So yeah, Kanye West is somehow involved in that. He announced who his VP is going to be. I don't know if you guys know, saw that. Oh, really? <laughs> who yeah. is this? Two it's change? a um. No, it's a. I'm pretty sure it's a black female Christian pastor. Oh, like out of Wyoming somewhere. He said his his closest advisors for his presidency are going to be Michelle Elon Tidball. Musk. No, Elon Musk and Kim Kardashian West. So his no, wife it, and Elon Musk is, uh, are going to be the president's like. But his his VP is Michelle Tidball. Uh, yes, pick. that's her name. That is her name. Oh yeah, Michelle Tidball. Tidbull? Tidbull? I'm not sure. Yeah. Apparently, she's she's kind of a, a no-name, I guess. She runs a website called Yarash, which is a Hebrew word meaning to seize or to inherit. That's not hmm. ominous. Uh, yeah. She lives in Wyoming, <laughs> um, which coincidentally Kanye has lives. 54 sealed indictments. Oh, and no uh, income Very, very low number. Yeah, well, there's only 60 people that live in Wyoming, so. Right. <laughs> so it's all, all sick. I had a, I had a pretty fun night people. in Sheridan, Wyoming once. It was a good town. I've, ne yeah. I've, never, I've never been anywhere near Wyoming. I guess I have. I've been in Colorado. Uh, for, it's a beautiful love. place. Had family in Wyoming. It's a beautiful area. Yeah. I'm trying to find the... I don't know if you guys also heard that Kanye West's party, he's not going to run as a Democrat or a yeah. Republican. He's going to create his own party, the birthday party. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no, for real. My birthday is a big booty. Birthday. He said, this is, birthday. His, this is his reasoning. He said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk for president because I'm not running. I'm walking in the birthday party because when <laughs> I win, 
it's gonna be everybody's birthday. <laughs> so you guys that, ever that's hear like the band all, that, that's almost a direct quote. You ever hear the band that Nick Cave was in before Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds? No, I like Nick Cave and the Bad Seeds. So. It's the birthday party. <laughs> <laughs> Are they pretty good? Is it kind of like Nick Cave? Yeah, they're really good. I. I listened to Henry Rollins's uh, KCRW radio show, and he plays them heavily. So. I might have checked that out. That sounds pretty good. That sounds pretty good. Probably no Kanye. It's probably not Kanye level, but no, it's it's even like heavier than you've heard Nick Cave be. I think. Okay. I had tickets Bookmark. to see Nick Cave at the Barclays Center here in September. Canceled. Oh, they canceled it. Damn. Yeah, I saw yeah. him Bonnery a while back. Uh, because I, I didn't really listen to him until I saw him, and I was like, that's when I got into him. Oh, yeah. He's so good. Yeah. Well, uh, they, shucks, uh, They man. haven't announced when there's going to be live music again in New York City, which is crazy to me. Yeah, that's insane, man. I mean, they, they canceled Bonnery. A... Like, Bonnery was suspended until, uh, or postponed until um, September, and they just announced last week they just canceled it. They're like, eh. Yeah, it seems much, like our, our country's approach to this whole coronavirus thing has just been like, hey, let's uh, let's stop living in the name of health, you know, like <laughs> just shut everything down, stay inside, basically hibernate. If humans could hibernate, that's what we would be doing yes. right now. Everybody hibernate. Yes. <laughs> Once they get the cryogenic chambers all ready to go. So are, where you guys are at, are people talking about the eventuality of a vaccine like well this will fix everything because i'm i'm hearing that on a regular basis here and it kind of creeps me out like well i don't know when we'll have live music again i guess it'll take until there's a vaccine that's what bill gates and, and said I'm just yeah well, i don't know I mean, anybody i don't know anybody that is like like you know has their fingers crossed yeah no I, I mean outside of maybe some people at work that like were get shaming people for not getting the MMR vaccine, but by and large, I don't know anybody that's like, yeah, the vaccine's going to fix it all. Right. Uh, you saw that, but that I, quote from I, Kanye, I right? I keep hearing that here. It's like, I don't, he's like we, we don't want that COVID-19 vaccine that Bill Gates is trying to put microchips with us in or whatever. Uh, I didn't know Kanye took a stance on that. Yeah, it was, in that, it was in that interview he did, I guess it was yesterday or the day before. I, don't remember. I feel like this is one of those things that's going to be a consensus view is dependent on your geographical location. Because I feel like in Tennessee, when there is a vaccine, the average person is not going to be uh, jumping up and down for joy. Well, I feel like in the people, city but... I'm living in, I'm going to have to have one to even be in a place Exactly. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. what I was worried about. about it's like that your job will make you do it. They won't even have to like... Yeah have the military come and shoot you up, you'll just, like, you won't be able to work without it. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I think it's going to differ from place to place because, I mean, that, if the if they end up making that a rule that you have to have a vaccine to even go to work, that's that might pass in New York, but I highly doubt that's going to pass in East Tennessee, man. Like, people around here are, the average person is very anti-authoritarian. In oh yeah, New I mean York. there was in, it, like yeah. in Vaughn over where I lived, a uh, small town in Tennessee, like you would see Infowars bumper stickers on half the pickup trucks you saw. So, I've seen of, those here too. A lot of people, <laughs> a lot of people with guns 
that don't want that vaccine is my point. Well, yeah. But I mean, I don't, uh, you, you made an association that is part of a stereotype that I, I would say on a whole that people have about a place like that from here. Like, oh, they don't want it. And they just, they just love their guns. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm, I, I mean, was a, it was a, it, it was more of a compliment than a, than an insult. I, yeah, I hear, it's actually I a compliment that, coming from us. Like, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. <laughs> but I also hear it in like how people would perceive that here. Right, which is, I mean, that's a huge deal. It's a thought control. I mean, it's it's not it's not it may be a stereotype, but it's kind of true. Like <laughs> yeah. your your geographical location, where you're born and raised, has such a massive influence on the kind of person you are, the kind of common sense you have. I mean, if if the common sense in a certain area is one way, more than likely, you know, you have a high chance of obtaining that common sense versus what's going to be obtained in New York City or Manhattan or something like that. When I was growing up in Virginia, it was such a stubborn state to any sort of perceived progressive or liberal change. And now I, I want to read the news about, the, I think, the most recent gun laws. It's just like, I'm like, how is this happening? <laughs> like, this was the state I grew up in. This is weird. <laughs> right. Yeah, I think they'll have to take the guns before they force the vaccine. That seems like that has to be the one-two punch. They can't just force the vaccine before the gun confiscation. Does that make sense? Right. Well, I mean, we're projecting in a, a very dark dark manner I, I mean at what point do the fema camps fall in here <laughs> well i mean this this isn't this isn't crazy when you when no. you look at the kind of dialogue and the kind of talk that's uh, i mean becoming generally acceptable like i mean people shaming people for not wearing masks like in the streets like i had a lady just today i was getting a, a coffee you guys have the gas no station idea <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, this lady basically uh, jumped on to me for using my uh, gas station branded cup that I brought with me and washed with Dawn soap to get coffee instead of using a styrofoam cup that got loaded in there by a gas station attendant um, and was basically yelling at me in front of the people behind me in line that I should not have used my own cup. And then I had to explain to her that for health reasons, I want to use my own cup because I actually washed it. Anyway, like, but... <laughs> And that's just over me getting a coffee. So, that's I mean, legit. if that's already yeah. becoming acceptable, just extrapolate, you know, that's yeah, what scientists th do. That's uh, in Tennessee, like, that. I think that's a rare occurrence overall from what I'm seeing because we went to Kroger's and then to Lowe's the other day. Almost no, none of the customers were wearing a mask. Maybe one out of mm -hmm. ten people. Really? Yeah, and then all the employees had masks, but most of them in Kroger's and Lowe's, by and large, either didn't have their nose covered and a lot of them were just wearing the mask around their neck. Nobody cared. Do you nobody complained capacity, about that? Capacity levels at the lows? No, no. It's a free for all. Because when I go to Home Depot, I have to like wait in line of people now because they only want so many people in the store. It depends oh. on the store. Yeah, it, it might they might be supposed to be enforcing that for corporate rules, but that was not mm. the case. Um okay. I mean they'll have the stupid arbitrary things like Walmart and stuff that nobody enforces where it's like red it's like don't enter the aisle this way and then like you have to like <laughs> it's like they have a green arrow saying like for this aisle go through this way exit on the other side and then the next aisle is opposite nobody follows that every, nobody cares 
every morning before I go to work on this job, this is kind of my like middle off day. I worked Monday, Tuesday, I'm working tomorrow and Friday. But every morning before I go in, I have to fill out this questionnaire and it asks me, like, are, like, do you have any of these symptoms? How about these symptoms? Have you been in contact with anyone that's known to have the coronavirus? Have you traveled anywhere in the last 14 days? Is there anything else you want to say? Mm -hmm. And then you click it and it gives you a, a QR code with the date and the company you're working for. And I have to show this when I enter the building. Wow. That's pretty intense, man. <laughs> well, it's also like anyone could be like, yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. It's like, what's the accountability mm -hmm. here? It's kind of it's exactly. kind of theater in the end. Which, which is why I'm opposed to it is because if it is theater, then we need to like acknowledge it as theater and then stop doing it. The, the more we like actually enforce these kinds of things and get it into our psyche that we need this. And whenever there's a stupid rule, we don't ever question. Don't question authority. Just mm -hmm. obey. Just obey. Just obey. You know, I mean, when there is a forced vaccine, not that I am this kind of person who actually thinks they're going to come in and take our guns and force vaccines down our throats. Like, <laughs> I, I think that's kind of a dystopian view of reality. But, you know, I mean, that's why that's why I pause and I, I and I argue a little bit when the lady tells me that I need to not use my own cup at the gas station and use their cups <laughs> like I try to use my own reason, you know. People want you to do that. That's you're encouraged to. I, I am serious when I'm telling you I got a call sheet for a job, and they asked people to bring their own cups because mm -hmm. they they're like we were working for a company that was conscious of their their footprint and they wanted everyone to bring their own cups. And usually there were cups by the water cooler, but you like they wanted you to bring your own water bottle for this job, like. This is something that has been encouraged and <laughs> is also a parallel. So going into April, New York State was supposed to have a plastic bag ban, which we, we had so much propaganda leading up to this, like, you better get your own bags. They're <laughs> going to charge you for them. And what they actually do, the state, like the businesses have to be able to provide paper bag alternatives which they have to purchase out of their own money. And then they have to charge 15 cents on the bag if people request one. And all of the 15 cents goes back to the state. So the store is on the hook for purchasing bags when people don't bring them and also sending the money to the state that they collect for these bags. <laughs> but all wow. of this got put on the back burner because guess what? People bringing their bags from home might not be so sanitary. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh my gosh! Yeah, Amazing. like two step totally back, like two step forward, two step backward. Yeah. <laughs> and see, the problem is, is when you try to uh, uh, put in authority and make laws when there do not need to be any. Like, yeah, you know, yeah, because then you just Dude, start I doing it for everything. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm all for reducing plastic waste. I, I don't yeah. like I don't like these laws that like essentially punish business in the process of doing it. Right, right. Yeah, I found this video this morning of uh, some kind of like quote unquote investigative journalist on public access TV from uh, 2014, and he's talking you know about uh, the Rockefeller Foundation's. Uh, 
their lockstep document that they drafted? Unfamiliar. Okay, check this out. This it's kind of long, so just yet yeah, let me know. I'll pause it. But this is to get hundreds get of thousands of people infected with it and uh, create uh, the next phase of control. Now, one of the things I'd like to show to back up my uh, uh, my claims here. Uh, here's a document from the uh, Rockefeller Foundation. Rockefeller Foundation, right there. Oh, you can oh, zoom in on that, where my finger is. It's called Scenarios for. For the future, international development, the Rockefeller Foundation. All right. Okay. Let's take a look at what they're saying here. This is uh, something like a 50, 60 page document. I'd like to, you to go to uh, page 18 if you can look at this up on the internet, but I'll read it off to you. It's called Lockstep. Lockstep. And this is a, a phrase that I used uh, right after 2001 when I saw the entire system of the United States, including the population, were in lockstep. Uh, so the Congress went along, and yes, it was Osama bin Laden, and the people waved their flag and said, I hate, 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 and everything was in lockstep. Well, in 2010, uh, they published this, Rockefeller Foundation, and here's what they're saying. They're saying that... Uh, it's, they call it a scenario. These are scenario narratives. And they speak about it in the past tense. So they put out this scenario. Lockstep. A world of tighter, top-down government control and more authoritarian leadership with limited innovation and growing citizen pushback. Okay, I'll read a, a little bit of it. In 2012, the pandemic that the world had been anticipating for years, nobody was anticipating a pandemic, finally hit. Unlike 2009's N1H, uh, H1N1, uh, this new influenza strain uh, originating from wild geese, they use wild, they use some scenario, but this is Ebola they're yeah, talking yeah, about. Ahead. Even the most pandemic prepared nations were quickly overwhelmed when the virus streaked around the world, infecting nearly 20% of the global population and killing 8 million in just seven months, the majority of them healthy young adults. The pandemic also had a deadly effect on economies. You, you can see the, you can see the agenda just naked, raw, naked control agenda written down, and it's anybody's guess how this becomes effectuated in real life. So whether this is written specifically as marching orders or whether people take it upon themselves in the intelligence networks to say, okay, well, this has been produced, so this is the plan here. But these narratives have to be written in advance because the intelligence agencies don't know how to do this, these narratives. They need help. So the, these think tanks, they come up with these like Rand Corporation, Rockefeller Foundation. These are think tanks of death. They're not the think tanks, they're not there to find great ways to help people. Right? Okay, the pandemic also had a deadly effect on economics. International mobility of both people and goods screeched to a halt, right? which is what they want. They want a completely isolated world, right? Debil debilitating industries like tourism and breaking global su supply chains. Well, of course they want tourism stopped because they don't they're not in the tourism business and they want you at home in your house in front of the TV then they got you because once you watch the TV they they own your soul even locally <laughs> wait a second we're on television I mean commercial television let's say uh, <laughs> national yeah. even locally a uh, normally bustling shops and offices sat empty for months okay so th I love how they talk about it in the past tense in 2010 right? the pandemic blanketed the planet though disproportionate numbers in Africa died. <laughs> Southeast Asia and 
Central America, where the virus spread like wildfire. It sounds like the opening uh, monologue of a disaster movie, right? Exactly. Now listen, to, here's the good stuff now. But even in developed countries, containment was a challenge. Now here's this one. I love this one. The United States' initial policy of strongly discouraging, in quotation marks, strongly discouraging citizens from flying proved deadly in its leniency. So they're saying, oh, so they're saying that... Th no, keep going. Okay. Read it. Just proved read it. deadly in its leniency. Leniency. So they should have been tougher, right? Accelerating the spread of the virus, not just within the United States, but across borders. However, a few countries did fare better. China, in particular. The Chinese government's quick imposition and enforcement of mandatory quarantine for all citizens, as well as its instant and near-hermetic sealing off of all borders, saved millions of lives, stopping the spread of virus far earlier than in other countries. So the message is here is, we have to look towards the Chinese. The okay, so <laughs> that's pretty good, right? There's a lot going on there. I mean, the <laughs> fact that that document was written you know, a decade ago, and it's with with a few s small differences. Like the China praising is what really got me. Actually, well, it's like the document before nine eleven by that think tank that was kind of yeah the the, uh, the plan for a new American century. Where yes. like Cheney's like we need a new Pearl Harbor. <laughs> yeah, it makes me think of that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it, <laughs> I like how they said it was like a new influenza from a. The strain that came from geese. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but uh, no, the, the the real the the lockdown um, and halting of the global economy, and then like when they praise China and say like China did the best, we can learn from them, even though it's all like a fictitious um, what they call it? yeah op, pro, lockstep yeah. I'll link that in the show notes. So, so is this like a plan? Yeah, definitely send me the link to that. Is this like a, a civilization building plan that the you said the Rothschilds, Rockefeller Foundation, Roth, Rockefeller, Rockefeller Foundation put out? Yeah, yeah, I'll link that. Well, in a dark enough dystopian elitist world control point of view, if someone wiped out people with a controlled pandemic. You'd ideally want some way. To, in like already in place to rebuild society so that didn't destabilize yeah and then the, you have the cfr with a very similar message going back decades where it's like the american century's over uh china's going to be the world leader now which is why i'm kind of skeptical of tulsi gabbard because she's on the cfr yeah Can't i wonder about relations. her yeah. a lot i like her but like I, I yeah there's a lot of things that i want to like her about but uh, i'm a little concerned about some associations and just how easily she folded as well to the Biden, like the biden right. endorsement she has she did say from the very beginning she would uh endorse whoever you know the democratic party you know uh nominee was but i mean i, I honestly so i almost soon, feel like though. that's a making that statement should disqualify you because like in a certain sense like because it's not really about the will of the american people it's about the will of the democratic party it's about the will of the republican party it's you know yeah you're not obligated to endorse anyone either you could just not say anything right 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 that's why i guess it, i mean it keeps coming back to why we need kanye <laughs> <laughs> wild card 
They can't control him. He's insane. Uh, they literally can't control what, him. I, I feel I feel bad supporting any political candidate or political figure, basically, at this point in time. Or anyone who's pretending to be so. Other than Kanye. Anyone I have has made me feel like a sucker. Yeah, that's why uh, exactly. I think as George Carlin wisely said, you can't blame me because I don't vote. You're the one that voted yeah. him in. Right. I exercise my right as an American it, it, citizen to not you, vote. You also, you almost can't, you almost can't blame the citizen for voting for some of these people because, I mean, many people will draw you in with just like you know beautiful ideas and and, and you know great principles and concepts, and then you find out like like with Andrew Yang, man, like with him, I was on board all the way until he started talking about you know a uh, ban Joe on is. meat. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. like, hey, maybe maybe it would be better for everybody if we uh, made it illegal to eat meat. I was or like, no, he wanted to like, tax okay. it so much that nobody could afford it other than elites, I think was his technical idea. It's like, we should tax the shit some, out of it. He had some vague, overreaching ideas that made me uncomfortable with him. The news and uh, information I, I, ombudsman was the worst, where it's like the government needs to decide what news is real. That that was yes. pretty uh, yeah. anti-free speech. Mm -hmm. Over the line, yeah. Yeah, that's all but we need is all the same, guard. Yeah. All the I was, same, I was if with it him. Hadn't, hadn't been for Andrew Yang, I wouldn't have been able to vote in the Democratic primary this election. True. True. Yeah. I guess also, most people, nobody would be, nobody's uh, all bad. Nobody would be talking about UBI either. He, I mean, he definitely that's made true. that a far more popular concept. That's true. He, he'd make a very good cabinet member. Right, right. Yeah, right next to the, uh, right next to the oregano and thyme. <laughs> uh, it's a cab that was that was a sophisticated joke <laughs> i wouldn't want him in any government capacity but i'd put him in my cabinet like the like what's that the indian in the cupboard would be the He's asian in the cupboard spicy <laughs> <laughs> wasn't that a movie the indian in the cupboard yeah, it yeah is. it'll be yang will be my asian in the cabinet it's a book it's, yeah children's book uh, yeah right well, all right, well, I'm about I'm about ready to eat some dang lunch. What did we yeah, learn man, today? Hmm. I well, uh, I enjoyed talking with you guys. I've learned that much. Yeah, let's do it again fun. for sure. Fun, man. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Maybe Thanks again, more Tom, for coming, man. That was a blast. Yeah, glad to be here. I I like your show a lot. You you have a very the way you approach ideas and like very fringe or conspiracy ideas, I, I really appreciate your approach. You're not like hard selling any idea. You're, you're letting people hear the clips that you've heard. You're, like, you're letting people like make up their own mind. I exactly. really appreciate that. Yeah, I also the make key, a... The key is that we don't care about anything at <laughs> yeah, all. Yeah. So. Yeah, I also tr I try <laughs> yeah, to make a, I try to make a much, point. Yeah. Yeah, I try to make it pretty obvious that I'm very, uh, I'm not a, like, uh, what's the, I'm kind of retarded, as Alex Jones would say. <laughs> <laughs> to put it elegantly. Yeah. You're not, you're not self-righteous about anything. Yeah. We try not to be, and I'm <laughs> yeah. sure, I'm sure I have been before, but I try to, I try to not take it too seriously while still try to lay out somewhat of a narrative. Today, I just kind of played John Stewart clips because that's all I was doing. I have a whole, right. No. A, that I have was a whole so of... enlightening for me. I always wondered, like, looking back at him, I'm like, was he that good or was it just the time? And hearing these now in the context of what, like, the time we're in, it's like, no, he was really good. Yeah. 
it's like if you didn't always agree with him, he was at least like calling bullshit where bullshit needed called. Yeah. Right. But yeah, uh, Tom, uh, thanks again for joining us, Mr. Tom. Oh, by the way, I was going to ask you this off the top. Is Starkweather uh, sure. your your real given last name? It is a real name. That's it awesome. It is the name on my birth certificate. Yes. It sounds I do like get a, asked that question. <laughs> it's because it sounds like a. I'd never. I, it's an awesome name. A stage but, name. Yeah. Or yeah, no. It sounds like a. It's like a Han Solo type of vibe. It's like a. <laughs> no, he's <laughs> he's a. It's a Game of Thrones I get type of vibe. More than Han Solo, but I'll take the solo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, links to your website, Tom's website, and his podcast will be in the show notes at absinasixpack.com. Man. Yeah. Instagram, anything like that? Uh, I am on Instagram at the moment, Tom Starkweather. Uh, it's a private account. Please request to follow and uh, check it out. There you go. Beautiful. Thanks again, Great man. Come you, on man. soon. Maybe maybe we'll get you on with Nick the Rat or something soon. Oh, I'd love that. Yeah. Be fun. All right. Peace out, Boy Scouts. Bye. Take it easy. Some free advice. Can we get back there? You hoard toilet paper. Understand me? Hoard it. Support it like it's made of gold, because it is. I got my toilet paper stacked wall to wall. I'm gonna wipe until I can't wipe. No more enough hand sanitizer to survive martial law. Gonna hide in my house and lock my door. Toilet paper in stock, got that Purell on lock. Tall paper towel stack, milking eggs in the back. I ain't got no canned food. Cause I'm low IQ But that don't mean I'm not prepared I know exactly what to do I'm totally prepared I ain't even scared I don't need no food or guns Martial law gonna be so fun Hiding in my bunker Well actually I don't have a bunker But I don't even need one I'm still gonna have fun I've seen plenty of movies where there's a pandemic As long as there's tanks on the streets I ain't gonna panic I'm totally prepared I ain't even scared All I need is toilet paper I've never felt safer I got toilet paper stacked wall wall Gonna wipe until I can't wipe No more enough hand sanitizer To survive martial law Waiting on that UBI, nothing to worry about. Only boomers gonna die. I don't need no canned food. I be in a good mood. I don't need a lot of grub. I just need my corn up. Got no stress, ain't worried a bit. I ain't even Asian. I'll get through the shit. Plus I got toilet paper stacked wall to wall. I'm gonna wipe until I can't. Toilet wipe paper has been in high demand. Yeah, surveillance video shows. A stampede of customers clearing the shelves. Fights over toilet paper breaking out in grocery stores as shelves run empty. A Bankstown mother and daughter have been charged after a fight over toilet paper in Woolworths. All I need is toilet paper. I've never felt safer. Welcome back to Crossfire. As both of our loyal viewers, of course, know, our show is all about left versus white, black versus white, paper versus plastic, Red Sox against the Yankees. That's why every day we have two guests with their own unique perspective on the news. But today, Crossfire is very different. We have just one guest. 
He's either the funniest smart guy on TV or the smartest funny man. We'll find out which in a minute. But he's certainly an Emmy Award winner, the host of Comedy Central's Daily Show, and the co-author of the new mega bestseller, America the Book, A Citizen's Guide to Inaction, at your bookstores everywhere. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Crossfire, John Stewart. Thank you. Thank you very much. It's very kind of you to say. Now what? Can I say something very quickly? Uh, why, why do we have to fight? <laughs> the two of you, can't we just it say, say something money. nice about John Kerry right now? I, I like John. I care about John Kerry. And something about President Bush. Uh, he'll be unemployed soon. <laughs> I failed the See, I, I made the I'm effort sorry. anyway. No, actually, I knew Bush in Texas a little bit. And the tr truth is, he's actually a great guy. He's not a very good president, but he's actually a very good person. I don't think you should have to hate to uh, oppose somebody, but it you know, makes mm -hmm. it easier. Um, what, why do you argue? <laughs> the two of you, why? I hate to see it. We enjoy it. Let he, me ask you a question. Wait, let me ask you a question first. All right. Is John Kerry, is John Kerry really the best? I mean, I think, you know, John Kerry's not is a terrible guy. Is he the best? Like, is he, no, no, is I he thought the, Lincoln was good. Is he the best the Democrats can do? Is he the best the Democrats yeah, can do? Yeah, this year. I'd always thought in a, in a democracy, and again, I don't know, I've, I've only lived in this country, um, that there's a process, uh, what do they call them, primaries. Right. And uh, they don't always go with the best, but they go with whoever won. So is he the best? According to the process. Right, but of, uh, of the nine guys running, who do you think was best? Do you think he was the best? The most impressive? Uh, the most impressive? Yeah. Uh, I thought Al Sharpton was very impressive. Thank you. Uh, I, I enjoyed uh, uh, his way of speaking. I think oftentimes the person that knows they can't win is allowed to speak the most freely, and uh, uh, because otherwise shows with titles such as Crossfire, Crossfire, or Hardball, or I'm going to kick your ass, or uh, <laughs> we'll 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 jump on it. It it in, in many ways, it's funny, you know, and, and I. I made a special effort to come on the show today because I have uh, privately amongst my friends and also in occasional newspapers and television shows <laughs> mentioned uh, this show as being uh, uh, bad. So they need Joe Biden's going to win South Carolina. <laughs> Joe Biden's not going to win South Carolina. No way. Well, you know what? He, he is giving it a good old try. Yeah, this is uh, this is from a speech he gave. Feel no ways tired. We've come too far from where we started, and I don't believe he brought me this far to stop now. So he's speaking to a crowd of uh, ADOS, and uh, where have we heard that before? I don't feel no ways tired. I come too far from where I started from. I don't believe he brought me this far to leave me. I don't believe, I don't believe he, he brought, brought me this far. far. Mentioned uh, this show as being uh, uh, bad, <laughs> and 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 I wanted to. I felt that that wasn't fair, and I should come here and, and tell you that I don't. It's not so much that it's bad as it's hurting America. <laughs> so I, I wanted to but come here today let me, and say, wait, wait, no, I just, no, let me, here, here, here's just one, what I wanted to tell you guys. Yeah, stop, <laughs> stop, stop, stop. 
stop hurting America. Okay, now let me, and and let come me work you. for us because we, as the people, how do you pay? The people, not not well. Better than CNN, I'm sure. But you can sleep at night. It's the night of December, 2019. The IG report drops any minute. So much excitement, unseal the indictments, can't wait to see Hillary in prison. Then the IG report drops suddenly, and I scroll through to see what it shows. Chocolate.